Shalom. This is Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuvah Israel in West Hartford, Connecticut. And today I would like to speak to you a little while about the Parsha, that Lech Lecha, that, and a very, very specific part of it that can be found in Breshit in Genesis chapter 14, verses 21 through 24, on the basis of our tradition and informed by current events. In April of 2003, on the eve of the Second Gulf War, I attended a forum here in Connecticut of four Nobel Peace Laureates. Though the United States invasion the next day proved to be somewhat misguided, the words of Ili Wiesel that evening stood out to me as an unfortunate truism. No doubt he shared from the perspective of his own experience of World War II and the ensuing liberation of Holocaust survivors. He stated, no war is just, but some wars are necessary. I recall wondering, who gets to make such a determination? The events of the last several weeks in Israel have left all of us with a plethora of unchecked emotions. Many of us are experiencing extreme anger, and certainly a cloud of darkness seems to hover forebodingly. In this age, war might be inevitable. Few of us can change the trajectory of violence, but we can decide how we relate to the specter of war. This week's Parsha records the call of Abraham, the first Hebrew, and what is understood as the genesis of the Jewish experience. It includes two well-known affirmations, the promise of progeny to Abraham and the blessing of Abraham by Melchizedek, king of Salem. But wedged between is a much less preached story of war that contains important lessons for us. Abram, as he was originally called, allies himself with the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, as well as other tribal leaders, to liberate his nephew Lot, his family, and their possessions. I suppose there are several lessons we can gain from this terse narrative, but we can learn from at least two things that Abraham does right, and one that he could have perhaps done better. First lesson, as always, is give God his due. As a reward for not profiteering off the war and relying upon his God, Abram is rewarded. In Genesis 14:23, it states that Abram said to the king of Saddam, I raise my hand in oath to Adonai El Elyon, creator of heaven and earth, not a thread or even a sandal strap of all that is yours will I take. So you will not say, I've made Abram rich. According to the sages of Talmud, Abraham's descendants are given the mitzvot of the blue thread of tzitzit and the straps of tefillin as a reward for this response. By declining the spoils of war, Abraham attributes the victory to God and not his own military prowess. The mitzvot are reminders that the Holy One is always near to his people. It is God who provides and protects. The second lesson that I'd like to speak about is that we need to give others their due as well. In Genesis 14, 24, it says, I claim nothing, Abraham is speaking, but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Aner, Eskol, and Amamre. 
Let them take their share. Abraham properly repaid those whom he enlisted and fed his men adequately. While he refused any bounty from war, he recognized that those who risked their lives defending and liberating his kin were entitled to remuneration and provision. The third lesson is that we put people first. Rabbi Yochanan asks in Nedarim 32a, Why was Abraham, our father, punished that his descendants were enslaved in Egypt for 210 years? Because he prevented people from entering under the wings of the Shekhinah, that is, from believing in God. For it says that after the victory over the four kings, Abraham returned all captured property, whereupon the king of Sodom said to Abraham in Genesis 14.21, Give me back the people. You can keep all the goods. While Abraham rejected the bounty of war, he should have insisted on taking the people with him to teach them to believe in the one true God. Though this is a somewhat fanciful accounting derived from Abraham's silence, it makes a salient point. Perhaps if the people had not returned to Sodom, their inevitable fate might have been different when the city was destroyed. It seems right that we answer the divine query by simply assuming we are our brother's keeper. If we give the Holy One his due, provided for those who protect our freedom and put for people first, perhaps we can find some light in the midst of this present darkness. This is Rabbi Paul Saul again wishing you the full shalom of God. If you enjoyed this commentary or others like it, you can find them at umjc.org. Shalom.